Well, good morning. So good to be with you this Thanksgiving weekend. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Awesome. I hope you got time with family and friends and you enjoyed it. So good to be back here this morning as we continue in this series of Philippians. But first, let me just make two quick announcements. Is that all right? I know we had a lot of announcements this morning. It's just where we're at as a church. We've got a lot of things going on, which is awesome. Um, but these two are, in my opinion, are probably the most important. <laughs> Um, so first and foremost, you all are sitting on this, or you didn't sit on it. You actually grabbed it before you sat down. Some of you are wondering, it's probably underneath you, so you probably want to get up, grab it. Um, this is just our, our Christmas drive that we're doing. Um, the last day to give is December 17th, and uh, we partner with a church in Inglewood, and um, we are just, this is the second year that we've done this where we're able to, as a church, collect gifts um, for teens. There's things on there that they need, and you can bring them here on Sunday morning, drop them off at the info bar. There's some bins over there. Please, 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 we want to be able to, to roll into to that church with a lot, a lot, a lot of blessings for these amazing people. Amen? Amen. So whatever you can buy, whatever you could give, if, if you don't have time to go buy something, um, you can give to it. Just let, uh, on the giving, just mark that it's for the Christmas outreach, and we can be able to go and, and distribute those gifts. So we're excited about that. Amen? Amen. It's going to be incredible. Same time, December 17th, which is the last day to give gifts, is our Christmas, uh, call it like it is, it's our Christmas program, our Christmas gathering Sunday morning. Uh, new, uh, Christmas Eve is on a Sunday. Uh, we will not be having service. However, we will be sending out a service to you guys. It's going to be awesome. So be on the lookout for that. Make sure you sign up online for our emails so we can get that to you. But December 17th is our big Christmas service. So we really, really, really are passionate about bringing people in from outside to this church. This isn't about us <laughs> and our cool little group. <laughs> no, not at all. If I ever hear that, Lord, I will pray with you. This is about every single person that is outside that has yet to walk into this place. And so this invitation over there on the other table is, is a three-in-one. Right, there's three invites in this thing. You can rip them off, and you can hand them to people. I'm challenging us as a church, right? Each and every one of us should be grabbing five of these, and you should be handing these out to people on the streets. Just random people. Who cares who it is? People hand you stuff all the time in the streets, right? <laughs> stuff you don't want. It's stuff that will not help you. This will help somebody. This will heal somebody. This will change somebody's life. So what if you hand an invitation to somebody that you may not know? And they walk into this church come December 17th, and they hear the greatest news of all, and that is that Jesus Christ came to live on earth, but he didn't stop there. He died on a cross. He took our sin and our shame for us, but in that moment, that's what we get to celebrate. So I challenge us. I'm going to keep ta challenging us. we got, what, three weeks left before? So we have three, four weeks left to, to just get this out to as many people as possible. I want to see this place packed out. Amen? Anybody else want to see that? Great, because it's not about us. Remember, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about everybody else that's around you. If you know Jesus, if you know who Jesus is, you've received Jesus, then now you are commissioned to go and tell the world. Amen? Let's dive in this morning. We don't have a ton of time, but we're going to continue this morning in the book of Philippians. We've been going through a series on the book of Philippians, and I'm skipping ahead. So don't judge me, but we're going to Philippians 4. If you have your Bibles, open them up. Last week, we were in Philippians 2, just talking about a few different things, a few different highlights. It was called Shining Like Stars, that we are called as believers, as followers of Jesus, that we are called to shine bright. Amen? Shine bright in everything and anything that you do, whatever you are a part of, whatever you touch in life, every single day, you are called to shine with the love of Jesus. 
shine bright like the stars. It was awesome. If you have not listened to it, check it out on the podcast. But we're jumping ahead to chapter 4. We'll go back to chapter 3 next week. You're like, what's going on? Don't worry about it. Chapter 4 this week, there is a purpose. And it's because we're going to talk about Thanksgiving a little bit. But this message is entitled, Joy in the Journey. Everybody say joy. Do you have joy this morning? Joy in the journey. How many of us know this is a journey called life? This is a journey. This isn't a race to the end. (laughs) I I hope none of you are racing to the end of your life. If you are, we'll talk, we'll pray with each other, and it'll be awesome. But this is a journey of faith every single day. And Paul writes something amazing to the church of Philippi, and he says, Church, find joy in the journey. Amen? This book, Philippians, was written to the church of Philippi. Paul, the writer of it, legend of all time, amazing man of God, crazy testimony. You think you have a crazy testimony? Look at Paul. Paul was wild. He was out of control. Some would call him what would say be a terrorist of that time. He was killing the people of God because he thought it was the right thing to do. And Jesus grabbed a hold of his heart. Anybody thankful when Jesus grabbed a hold of your heart? I am. Jesus grabbed a hold of his heart and he said, now go build my church. He was killing the church, and now he's building the church. Have grace for people, amen? Because <laughs> you don't know what they've gone through, and you know what God has for them. So Paul is writing to a, a, a town, a, a city, a, an amazing group of individuals that helped him get on his journey that was a key help in the point of his ministry. And he's writing to them from where? Prison. <laughs> prison. Mind you, remember that. He's writing from a prison cell locked up. Trying to write like this. Amazing, awesome. Just an image in my head of Paul just writing. Nobody else. It was funny. Just awesome, incredible. It says this, chapter 4, verse 4. Joy in the journey. It says this. Rejoice in the Lord. Always. (laughs) Everyone say always. Good, we're on the same page. It says nothing else. It says rejoice in the Lord. Five of us. We're going to get there by the end of this time, I promise. Always. I will say it again. (laughs) Paul says this because of how you just responded. Rejoice. He says, so I know they're going to read this. They're going to be like, rejoice. So he says it again because it's so important. He says, I will say it again. Rejoice. Exclamation point. (laughs) I like exclamation points. They're awesome. Sometimes I get overwhelmed with a lot of them. When I'm texting, I write exclamation point. It's so true. Some people are like, yeah, you do it all the time. Rejoice. Let your gentleness Be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, (laughs) but in everything, by prayer and petitions, with thanksgiving. Be anxious about nothing, but in everything, with prayer and petitions, and with what? Thanksgiving. That's vital. (laughs) That is important. That is the core of what he's talking about. With thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart. Will guard your heart. Not only your heart, it will guard your minds in Christ Jesus. Anybody thankful for the words this morning of Jesus? And Father, this is your word. We trust you to speak. We trust you to move. Father, we rejoice in you today. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We love you, God. 
I pray today, God, that this falls on good soil. In Jesus' name, amen. Joy in the journey. Rejoice. Have any of you ever been in a car and you've been at a red light and you're the first person at the red light, but next to you, you also have a car that's at the red light. And you see that individual just kind of, what's the word I'm looking for, flustered, maybe a little bit excited, (laughs) maybe a little bit too much coffee in the morning excited I'm talking about. And you see them with their hands on the steering wheel, almost white knuckled because they're gripping it so hard. You want to know why? Because they're late. (laughs) They're fast. They're ready to go. And I've watched this. I've been next to those people at times in my Camry. (laughs) And they're driving a Ferrari. And I'm like, let's do this. Let's go. You want to do this? You're the first ones at the line. Let's go. And how many of you know the moment that red light turns green, they are off. They are gone. And I'm just driving my Camry. Praise the Lord. But how many of you know that not too far down the street, (laughs) that green light turns yellow and that yellow light turns red and they stop. And I pull up next to them like, where are you going, boy? Like, where are you going so fast? We live in Chicago. This isn't like the open road where you're just going to be able to zip down as fast as you can on the streets, right? But they have it in them that they are ready to go. They don't care if it's going to be red light after red light. They're going to get to that red light as fast as they can. It's fascinating to me, right, as I watch people like this. Sometimes I'm that way, right? I'm in a hurry. I, I have to get somewhere. I have, to, I have to, to be there. My wife is worse. Trust me. Promise you. She is worse. I'm like, what are you doing? You're giving me a seizure. But we're people, right? We're people that want to go fast. We're people that, that want to race off the line and, and, and get to the destination, per se. We, we, we want to, to, to get there as fast as we can. And Paul's writing to us this morning, saying, slow down. Take a minute. Maybe don't go 65. Maybe just go 15 because the next light's going to waste your gas if you blow it that fast. Slow down. Take it easy. Find joy in the journey. See, what's fascinating is that the people and myself sometimes, when you go really fast in between lights, you miss the beauty around you. Right? You, you, you miss the beauty of, man, sometimes I forget we live in one of the greatest cities of all time. We live in one of the most architecturally sound cities. Like, it's an amazing city when it comes to building and spaces. Look at this building we're sitting in. This is fascinating to me, right? Anybody else think that way about Chicago? Great. We're in this together. But we miss the, the beauty of, of what the streets look like, of what, of what the Christmas decorations look like now on the streets. We don't even recognize them. Better yet, we miss the beauty of the people walking up and down the street. We miss the beauty of seeing God's creation there in human beings walking up and down the street because we are just ready to go. We just need to go. We need to get there as fast as we can. We look for the next thing, the next best thing all the time. Right? Christmas is right around the corner. (laughs) I sent my list to my wife. (laughs) Trust me. All worded. It was in a Word document. It was awesome. Have it ready. You know why? Because I want things. Full disclosure. But I'm always looking for the next best thing. I'm always looking for the new thing. I'm always looking for how I can get there faster than before. And Paul is writing to the church saying, whoa. (laughs) My paraphrased version. Whoa. You've lost something, church. You've lost something. Because as you're going fast, you're worrying. 
As you're going fast, you're forgetting the faithfulness of God. As you're going fast, you're forgetting to stop and thank God for what he has done in your life. You stop, when, you, when you're going fast, you lose sight of what God has called you to do. You're just going fast, and you're trying to get to wherever you can as fast as you can. And guess what's going to happen? You're going to leave a lot of chaos. You're going to leave a lot of destruction in the pathway of going fast. This is us, right? Maybe it's just me this morning. And Paul's saying, stop for a second. Hold tight for a second. And he says, what? Rejoice. <laughs> rejoice. Any of you ever want to sit at a red light and just rejoice? No, none of us. But I wonder if sometimes God's stopping us for moments because he's saying, yo, <laughs> you haven't learned the art of praising and rejoicing me for what I have done. You're just going to keep going and keep going, and you're going to land somewhere where you don't want to be. Paul writes to the church of Philippians and says, stop. Slow down. Breathe because the worries and the cares and the anxiety have built up. And we need to get back to the basics of what it is to call, be called a follower of Jesus Christ. We need to get back to a heart of thanks. We need to get back to a heart of, okay, God, you're in control. I'm not. We need to get back to a, a place of I don't need to worry about nothing because God's got it. See, what happens is, I'm, I'm jumping ahead, but what happens is, 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 is we, we forget who holds us. I prayed for us this morning. I pray that that prayer gets deep within our hearts, that, that when we stretch our hands to heavens, when we worship God in heaven, when we do that, it's not because we want to get his attention, like, see me. No, it's because I need him. <laughs> I need him. I need to slow down. I need to, I need to just remind myself that, God, you're with me. You're for me. You're not against me. I'm going to hold on to the hand of the Father. I'm going to rejoice in the fact that God is good. I'm going to rejoice in the fact that Jesus has done enough for me. See, we come into church, right? Worship. This isn't in my notes. This isn't Christian karaoke. It's not. It's really not. You're like, man, these words aren't happening fast enough. I, I can't keep up. Maybe you just walk in with a heart filled with thanksgiving to God and filled with rejoicing God before you come in here, and you can worship no matter what the words say, no matter what is being sung, no matter how good the band is or isn't good, you're in a place of God, and God's presence is here, and you can rejoice for that. See, that's why we show up at 1030. <laughs> we start at 1030. <laughs> why? Because it's the worship time that leads us into his presence. It's rejoice. It's rejoicing God that gets us into his presence. You know what rejoice means? Celebrate. Rejoice. It means celebrate. How many of you like going to parties? If you don't have your hand raised, you're lying. You're lying. I'm going to send you an invitation and then don't show up, all right? We all like going to parties. We all like being around friends and family and having a good time. Parties are fun, right? Parties are amazing. A lot of you were just with family, and hopefully it was a good time, right? Some of you may have had that crazy uncle show up. You're like, I don't know why you're here. We didn't invite you, but he showed up anyways. <laughs> Not in our family at all. But we all like parties. We all like celebrating things. We all like celebrating the big wins and, and the new promotions and the, the next best thing that we've received. We like celebrating. We like telling everybody about it, right? Oh, look at this. Look what I've done. Look what I've gotten. Look what, look what I've accomplished. But when it comes to Jesus, <laughs> we don't want to rejoice at all. You haven't done enough, Jesus. <laughs> 
Why am I here, Jesus? Do you understand that Chicago is cold in the wintertime, Jesus? Why am I here? I will bear this cross, but why am I here? No, seriously, we get so excited about being invited. We get so excited about celebrating other people. But when we get to the house of God or you sit in your time alone with Jesus in the morning, you just sit there like, oh, I'm here. I want to celebrate you, but like seriously, like where's the banners? Where's the cupcakes? Where, where's the food? Well, if they don't, you know, I can't celebrate without that stuff. No, this is, this is the reality. That's why I, I'm just being, this is coming across, this is, this is a, a pivotal lesson. I'm telling us this as a church. That's why I came up here in place of, and to pray because I, I just felt like there's a spirit in here that like we don't want to rejoice because God isn't done enough for us. I'm looking at me. I'm looking right at this guy. I walk in sometimes to the church and I think, man, he hasn't done what he promised us he would do. He hasn't done what he said he would do. He hasn't done enough. And it's the exact place that the church of Philippians was at. And Paul writes them in where? Prison. Just rejoice. I'm sorry, Paul. Can you say that one more time? Can you, was that a manuscript mess up? Like, I'm not really sure what you wrote. No, he said rejoice. And I'll say it again. Rejoice when you get alone with God. Rejoice when you're in the presence of God. Rejoice every single day when you're walking up and down the street. When you get into that workplace. When you get into that space and places that you didn't think you. Rejoice. Rejoice. I will say it again. Rejoice. There's joy in the journey in this life. So choose thanks. Allow thanks to overcome anxiety and allow thanks to guard you. Three things we're jumping right in today. First thing is this. It's a long one. <laughs> thanks opens up the heart of rejoicing. But rejoicing, no matter what, opens up a heart of thanks. Thanks opens up the heart of rejoicing. But rejoicing <laughs> opens up a heart of thanks. They go hand in hand, right? Let me just explain this for a second. You know, we come in here, right? We, we, we walk into the, to the place of God. We, we walk into a sanctuary with amazing things happening. God's doing great and mighty things. But sometimes we don't have a heart of thanks. So you know what we can do, though? We can start singing. <laughs> we can start rejoicing. We can start lifting our hands. We can start praying, praying to God, saying, God, you know what? I know that I'm going through right now. I'm in the deepest storm of my life. But you know what? I don't have much thanks in my heart right now, so I'm going to rejoice. You know what? That opens up thanks because once you start rejoicing, you can't help but then saying, okay, God, now you've worked in me. I'm really sorry. I'm really stupid. This is just really messed up that I didn't walk in here with thanks. And now I got tons of thanks because I've been rejoicing. Praise will shift your life. Praise will shift your attitude. Rejoicing and praise will change you. That's why Paul says it how many times? Two times. When something is said in the Bible twice, you better pay attention to it. That's, that's theology 101. If something is said in Scripture more than one time, you should pay attention to it because there's gold there. There's power there. Paul didn't write another word in there, right? While in prison, he wrote, rejoice. <laughs> Celebrate. And let me say it again to you, church. Celebrate. Celebrate what Jesus has done. See, I think the church of Philippians lost the heart of what Jesus did. They lost the mindset of what Jesus did for them on that cross. They were doing good. They were doing awesome. They were supporting Paul. They were preaching the word, and then something happened where Paul had to write a letter to them saying, hey, my peoples, <laughs> rejoice, because you forgot. 
Let me say it one more time, just in case you don't forget, just in case you forget it, what I just said. Rejoice. Because rejoicing opens up a heart of thanksgiving. Rejoicing opens up an overflowing, an abundance of thanksgiving. Paul's in prison. Paul's in prison, right? I've said it over and over again because that is so crucial. I think we seek that like Paul's in prison. Cool, Paul. Well done, Paul. You were in prison. Awesome. No, think of it this way. (laughs) This isn't prisons like we have today. TVs, community. No, these dudes were beaten. These dudes were beat up every single day by guards. They were hurt. They were in pain. They were locked up hands and feet sitting in a prison cell with nobody near them. Is that a better image for us? Paul's like, hey, even in a prison cell, church, I can find something to rejoice about. I got something to rejoice about. Man, if you only knew who I was before, I got something to worship about. I got something to be thankful for. I can rejoice regardless of where I'm at, regardless of my circumstances, regardless of what I may be going through today. I got something to be rejoiceful for. I wonder if the church started stepping up and rejoicing every single day instead of complaining every single day of what God hasn't done and start rejoicing for what God has done. I got a lot of energy this morning. You know why? Because this is such an important word for the church today. It's so true. Rejoicing. It may change your selfish attitude. Rejoicing. It may change your decision making. Rejoicing. It may change your perspective. It may change the atmosphere in your home. You got a home that is just dark and and it just feels like oppressed. Rejoice. (laughs) Praise. It might change the offense that you're holding on to. Because when you think of the offense and the person that offended you and you start rejoicing and thanking God for their life, guess what happens? You can't be mad at them anymore. Oh, I'm offended. God, you know, you, you're so good. You love them. Oh, snap. I love you too. That's how this works. You're rejoicing and you're still offended at somebody. Maybe you should get back to the heart of God. You're offended? Rejoice. <laughs> you're heartbroken? Rejoice. You're not thankful? Rejoice. Because rejoice will open up thanks. And thanks will open up a rejoicing heart. This is so good. The word of rejoice in the original language, did my homework. All the theological students out there are like, yes. Greek, Hebrew, he read it. It's awesome. Some of you are like, what? This is English. What is going on? The word of rejoice in the original language, you know what it means? Continual attitude. <laughs> Continual attitude. <laughs> Have any of you ever seen somebody just do the same thing over and over and over again? I'm not talking insanity. I'm talking those people that work on, on, let's say, a a line in a manufacturing plant. Have you ever seen those people? They literally sit there. I've watched documentaries. I'm a nerd. I've watched documentaries on, on, on some of these amazing car companies being built. And these people just sit on the line, and they just do the same thing over and over and over again every single day, every moment. And guess what they're doing? They're creating something of beauty. But guess what they're doing? Continual attitude of I'm just going to be here, I'm going to work, I'm going to put it in, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I'm not going to walk away because if I walk away, the thing of beauty might not be made. So if I walk away, I'm going to be a missing link of something beautiful being created. Guess what happens in the life of a believer? Guess what happens in the life of me? When I stop rejoicing, I stop seeing the beauty of something great going to happen. When I stop rejoicing, I may be the missing link of somebody else having the beautiful thing of coming to know Jesus. So if this doesn't get you excited, I don't really know what will. It's a continual attitude. It's not when we feel like it. This is hit me. This is, woo, this week, 
I don't have the best attitude all the time. <laughs> Some of my family, my wife's in here, she's like, we know. I just don't. I'm human. We're human. But that's why we got to get back to the heart of God every single day. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you every hour. Without you, I am in trouble. I need a continual attitude of thanksgiving and praise in my life because he has done more than enough for, our, for us. Regardless of where you find yourself today in a job, praise him. Regardless of where you think you should be in life, praise him. Rejoice in him regardless of the jobs not opening up for you, rejoice in him. Regardless of the relationship that ended or maybe the one that God's calling you to end, rejoice in him. There's a better relationship for you. If God's calling you to end it, end it. Take it from me. Just take it from me. Seriously, I wish I would have ended relationships many times. But I was disobedient. I wasn't rejoicing. So without rejoicing, I couldn't have obedience. Woo. Regardless of the mental prison that a word spoken over your life many years ago that should have no place in your mind whatsoever, rejoice. Rejoice of the doctor's reports you got. Maybe somebody walked in here with a bad doctor report this week. Rejoice. Rejoice. God, you're still good. You're still worthy of my praise. Cancer, whatever. What, JP? Can you say that from the pulpit? Yes, I can. I've seen people walk through it time and time again. I've seen heroes walk through sickness and disease, whether it's their own or their family members. And he just said, you know what? I don't care what the doctor reports is. I'm going to praise God. Yeah. Regardless of the pain, regardless of what you think God has not done for you, praise him. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks opens up a heart of rejoicing. I can rejoice no matter what's going on in life. I can rejoice. You know what rejoicing and thanks does? I got to hurry. Is this encouraging? I hope so. Rejoicing and praise, you know what it opens up? Produces a gentle spirit. <laughs> I have a harsh spirit at times. You know why? I don't rejoice. <laughs> when I get harsh, I immediately know where the problem is. I haven't gone to God and I haven't thanked him for what he's done. I, I haven't gone to God and said, ah, oh, God, man, I've, I'm, I'm lost today. I'm, I'm messed up today. But I'll rejoice you even in that. And when I rejoice him, you know what starts to happen? A gentle spirit. How many of you know that we need to start having a gentle spirit as the church of God? Because it says this, as you have a gentle spirit, it would be evident to some. No, it says it will be evident to all. So rejoicing opens up thanks. Thanks opens up rejoicing. And guess what you get? A gentle spirit in your heart. I don't want a gentle spirit. I'm from Chicago. Do you know how? I got to get on the red line. I got to get on the blue line. I got to be around people. They're tough. Yeah? Guess what they need? A gentle spirit. Oh, I hear it all the time. I'm tough from Chicago. What? I don't, I don't, so am I. But like, what? I'm tough. Did this myself. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> and better yet, you're not breathing on your own right now. <laughs> so there's something more to be rejoicing in. So gentle spirits allow you then to speak to people that are in that boat. Maybe not having a gentle spirit because they don't know Jesus. Not getting mad at them. Let's stop fighting dumb battles with the world. They're the world. Wow. So maybe a gentle spirit, a gentle word. You know what it says? Kindness leads to repentance. So gentleness produces kindness in our life. Let's be gentle people. 
filled with hearts of gentleness and kindness and praise and thanksgiving to God because this world needs it. Second thing is this. Thanks allows peace to overtake anxiety. Thanks allows peace to overtake anxiety. Find peace, Paul says, right? He says find peace. Why? If you have your Bibles open, it says because the Lord is near. Paul writes a, a, an incredible thing right there. The Lord is near, so find peace. Be anxious about nothing. Paul literally says, be anxious about what? Nothing. When the word nothing, you know what it means in the original? Nothing. Nothing. He says, be anxious about nothing. But in everything, in prayer, petitions, with thanksgiving. Because why? The Lord is near. See, I, I, I was hit because oftentimes I read that passage of Scripture. I know that one very quickly. I could spout that off. I could be like, yeah, don't be anxious about anything in Jesus' name. Because God will meet you. That's what I say. How wrong am I? Your pastor's wrong, just admitting. How wrong am I? Because it doesn't say be anxious about nothing because God will meet you. It says the Lord is near, so be anxious about nothing. See, we mix these up. We're anxious, God, come near to me. We're anxious, God, come near to me. No, he's already near. Come here. I'm, don't get all theological, I'm Jesus, right? I wish I was more like him every day. This is Nick. Nick's a man of God. So as Nick walks and he becomes anxious, guess who goes with him? Step that way. I'm with him. As Nick goes this way, step this way. I'm with him. Step again. Come on, Nick, walk. Walk with me. Let's walk. Let's go for a walk because I'm near to you, Nick. I'm Jesus. I'm near to you, brother. Come on, let's walk this way. I'm near to you. You don't have to stand over there and be anxious about anything and then say, God, come near. I'm already near to you, Nick. I'm here with you, Nick. I'm just going to keep walking with you, Nick. I'm time and time again with you, Nick. I'm near to you, Nick, because you know why? Jesus is just that good to us. Ever think of it that way? God, I'm anxious. Come near. God, I'm anxious. I need you. I'm here already. I'm with you already because you've already ushered me in with your thanks. I'm here. You don't got to be anxious. There's nothing to be anxious about. The Lord is near in your pain. He's near in your suffering. He's near in your heartbrokenness. He's near every single minute, every single hour. He is near to you. Near. He's close. He's so close. And oftentimes I forget that. God, where are you? He's like, yo, I'm right here. Oh, yeah, cool. Okay, come on. God, I'm anxious. Come close to me. My son, I'm close to you already. Stop being anxious. I got it. I got this. I, I, I want the world to look at me and be like, yo, that dude is crazy. That dude will step out in faith regardless of what may be, other people may say to him, regardless of what other people may say happened. That dude is nuts. That's just what I want the world to say to me. I want him to say, man, that dude is crazy. Crazy about reaching people. Crazy about loving people. Crazy about stepping out of faith regardless of who comes with me. I'm going to go. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to be anxious about anything because Jesus is near with me. Jesus is walking with me. So you know what I can say? No, world, <laughs> that's cool. Say whatever you want. I got Jesus with me. I don't need the approval of man. I don't need the approval of any of you. Love you all. God bless you all. We're in this together. I don't need your approval. I have Jesus' approval. And guess what? You have the same thing. Walk in confidence in that. Walk in assurance of that. Walk in that. Anxiety, it will go when you start to walk in the way that the Lord is near to you. 
Our God goes from grace to grace, glory to glory. Anxiety is unproductive. It's unproductive. It's unproductive energy. Good energy, good vibes, bros. Well, you want good energy and good vibes? Anxiety is unproductive vibes and good energy and bad energy. No, seriously. Because when you're thinking of anxious thoughts, it's bad. When you're thinking anxious things, when you're thinking of what it could happen, something crazy is going to happen. Oh, my goodness. I'm like this way when I got in an airplane. I am. <laughs> Me and Alex go to counseling together, my cousin, because we're both afraid of flying. I get on the plane. I'm, like, holding myself at the door, like, I got to step in. Okay, I'm in. I get on the thing. My knuckles are white. I'm holding onto my wife's leg. It's, like, the worst thing ever. <laughs> it's unproductive. I get off the plane. I'm, like, oh, I'm on ground. Whoo. But some of you all just live in anxiety. Some of you just walk day in and day out in anxiety, and it's saying, God's, Paul's saying to the church, it's unproductive. Stop, the Lord is near. So when the Lord steps in, when Jesus comes in, anxiety's got to go. Depression's got to go. Oppression's got to go. Disease and sickness have to go. Nothing has to be worried about here. Jesus is here. Jordan, come on up. With prayer and petition. You know it's okay to talk to God. You know it's okay to petition to God. You know it's okay to say to God, God, I'm anxious. It's okay. He's big enough. As long as you just don't stay there. Catch that. Don't wear it as a badge. I'm anxious. No, seriously. Hear this. I'm, I'm living in depression. Badge. No, I'm Jesus' kid. I'm a child of God. Badge. I don't walk in that stuff. I don't live in that stuff. It's unproductive, and I need to do some productive things on this earth because I don't know what tomorrow holds for me. But I know who holds it. Third thing is this. Thanks guard you. Don't walk out without it. Thanks. It guards you. Don't step out without it. Thanks. It guards you. See, Paul writes a word very specific to the church at this time. This is amazing, right? Paul writes, it will what? Guard your heart and mind. Thanks. Petitioning, praising to God with thanks will what? Guard. Everyone say guard. Even if you're sleeping, say guard. Some of the Aussies in it. God. They don't say they're ours. God. Guard. Guard your hearts and your minds. Catch this. Paul uses that specific words because you know why? In that time, the Roman Empire is ruling and reigning. And the Roman Empire is there in that city to make sure that the city has peace. Has peace during that time. So Paul writes a specific word, and he says, guard your hearts and your minds. He doesn't say, guard your houses. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. They're coming for you. He doesn't say that. Really bad joke at a really spiritual time. No, he says, guard your heart. Guard your mind. And let the peace of Christ reign. Paul's not talking about a, a, a physical guard standing in your way. He's talking about a supernatural being named Jesus, the Holy Spirit, standing in their way. So you know what you don't want to do? You don't want to step out of the house without the Holy Spirit. It's like stepping out of the house with two different shoes on. Don't act like you've never done it. We've all been there. We're walking out going, I am totally not matching. This is awesome. I'm going to rock this and go with it. We've all been there. We're just flustered in the morning. You just got to get out. You got to go to the next thing. You forget that there's joy in the journey. You just, you just got to go. I got to get out of here. I got to get to class. I got to get to work. I just got to go, 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 go. And you walk out and you have nothing covering you. You have nothing on you. 
So then you step out tomorrow, Monday, right? And you're like, I just heard an amazing word and I was challenged and I was encouraged. But you wake up late because you didn't, you didn't set your alarm. <laughs> and you hit the snooze button 50 times. And then you get up and you run out and you're like, man, I'm walking down the street. But, whoa, anxiety just smacked me. <laughs> whoa, I'm overwhelmed right now. I, I don't, something has gripped me and I don't know why. You want to know why? Because you left the house without the Spirit of God guarding you, putting protection over you. So maybe, just maybe wake up a little bit early and thank God for what he's done. Thank God for what he's going to do. Thank him for what he hasn't done in your life yet because you're not ready for it. Just thank him for all that he has done for you today. There's joy in the journey. When you start to live this way, there's plenty of joy to go around for this world, for this city. There's plenty of joy for your family. There's plenty of joy for your neighbors. There's plenty of joy for your coworkers. There's joy in the journey when we live with the heart of thanks and praise to God. Anybody thankful for Jesus? If you're not clapping your hands, you missed the moment. Anybody thankful for Jesus? Anybody thankful to God for what he has? Now, come on, church. We can just take 30 seconds and stand to your feet and just thank God for what he has done. Come on, church, if you believe it, put your hands together this morning. This church is just emotional. It's just emotional, pastor. It's just emotions. You're just, just getting us all revved up. No, this is what happens when you, when you allow the Spirit of God to come in and watch over you. When you allow the Spirit of God to come over you and watch and protect you, to be your guide, to be your director, to be your, your wisdom and your discernment, to be the, the one that, that walks with you and talks with you. This is what happens. You can't help but be emotional and excited and overjoyed with his presence. You need that? You want it? Find joy in the journey through praise. Find joy in the journey through thanks. Praise him because he is worthy of it. He is worthy of it. So, Father, this morning we love you. We lift our hands to you, God, in adoration to you, Jesus, because you are worthy of it. You've done so much for us, Jesus. So as your word says, rejoice. Say it again. Rejoice, Father. We rejoice and celebrate your love, your grace, your mercy. We rejoice in your goodness. Father, we rejoice in what you've done for us, what you're going to continue to do, God. We lift hands to you. We lift our voices to you. We sing it out, church. Come on.